welcome to design hat podcast today we have a very very special guest max uh, he's the founder of the favorite design and uh, uh, welcome max and i think this podcast is going to be a very special one uh, because i have been following you for a while and like i love the content that you do and the stuff so uh, i think the audience will also love uh, and yeah so let's get started uh, so uh- yeah so basically i, want to I was start going to say like yeah, yeah. i was going to say thank you for uh, inviting me it's like it's very nice the community you've built on discord is really cool and uh like it's just very nice to be here thanks man so uh, i just want to get started with a little bit of introduction like uh i know that you started as a little bit of design and like you grew so i just wanted to know how that design factor and the design chapter in your life came in like and how was your experience in that whole journey so actually i was when i was a little kid i was a uh, like very creative i was always like drawing a lot and stuff like this i was building like um i was building like paper guns and like it was very accurate to the actual weapon so i was very good at that i was selling that in high school and uh i like i love video games and i was like i want day i'm going to do video games and uh at 15 i started learning 3d animation 3d modeling So I uh I basically for a couple of years I was just like obsessed with 3ds Max. I have like a pretty good portfolio of like 3D creations. Um and then when I was uh, I think 18 that it's I I got this advertising of Tai Lopez and he was basically saying that look there is drop shipping, there is this and there is this and there is I'm like okay, I'm going to choose drop shipping. I chose drop shipping. And I'm like okay, so I have to create a website and I have to make google ads and have to make facebook ads so it was a huge process but out of the whole process i liked creating the website and i'm like huh i should maybe create more websites but i should create websites for other people for companies and that's where the journey started but that's when i realized it was harder than just okay you create your store and you start selling right away like you have to be a good sales person if you want to get clients um so that was way harder for me especially i was an extremely big introvert um so for me i'm like how am i going to get a client i can't even like talk properly what the fuck so 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 it was basically that's how the journey started and i went from shopify websites to wordpress websites um but then about a year a year ago i discovered the webflow and uh, that's where it was the platform where i could be creative i could actually all this the creative knowledge i had of 3d of basically making like those designs that are you know not ordinary and i'm like w- with webflow i can do it and i don't need to spend you know months playing with code and uh, you know it's basically instead of a technical job it becomes more of a creative job mm. and i love and uh so yeah so i created started creating more and more websites in webflow and At one point I'm like you know what I was a freelancer all this time and I'm like I want to make more websites. I don't want to make one website a month. I want to make like 3, 4 and I'm like I need people to do this. I cannot do this all by myself. So I'm like okay, I'm going to change from freelancer to agency. So now we are three people but where I'm still looking for uh you know for amazing people that can occupy uh the space of a copywriter because a copywriter is an extremely hard job so yeah so that's where i'm at the moment perfect man 
I think I think the journey was really great. Like how you started from scratch, started something, experimented, got to know some most of, mm-hmm. upgraded. Then I think that's how it all came, and now you have with the agency. So that's mm-hmm. great. Uh, so I think next question comes up to the point. Like I know that uh, in your college that you did some engineering. So I want to know how that factor of your college kind of contributed to where you are. Actually, when I was in college, I um, like it. It was um, it was only we had only one class where we actually the 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 teacher which was teaching us Java, and uh, he was basically the programming language, and he was saying. Um, not he was saying, but he was previously he was a game developer at uh, at EA, and he was also working at another one. So he he had a very good uh, game development journey. So in, with him, instead of making just like boring mathematical um, like programs, which uh, like I hated because I like you know 3D, I like creative stuff. He was like, no, we're gonna do games, and we're, I'm like, yes, and. We learned games with how to do games with this guy, and we learned how to do them from scratch, obviously, without using Unity from just code. And it was hard, but it was, you know, fun. That was how I discovered also that, okay, so like Unity and Unreal Engine, 3ds Max, all of those programs, there's people behind them programming all of that. And before I wanted to do that, I thought also this is an artistic job, but I discovered that it's mostly technical. Those people doing those programs, they are real mathematicians. They are real scientists, those people. Uh, and I'm like, no. I discovered that I don't want to create, for example, softwares like Unity. I don't want to create softwares like 3ds Max. I want to be more creative. And uh, that's what it allowed me to discover. And uh, other than that, honestly, it didn't... It, well, another thing that made me realize is that I really hate mathematics um, because it really, when in computer science, it really goes in abstract mathematics, which are basically like prove one equals one. And, you know, it's like horrible. It's like theoretical. And it's uh, I really didn't enjoy it. I really liked the creative part of things, uh, which is not mathematics. And, uh, and yeah, so like I love programming. But people are like, oh, but you love programming. How come you don't love you don't like mathematics? I'm like, there is different types of programming. There is a pro- programming, more artistic programming, and there is programming like technical, like for a bank uh, or for us, like a software for whatever, any case, you know? So like, uh, so yeah, so basically it allowed me to understand that, yeah, I like to program and to basically design uh, more than just to program for like a bank or something. Interesting. I think I had the yeah. same journey. Uh, so I'm myself an engineering so I kind of um, realized realized uh, very sooner in the first two years itself that coding is something that is not my cup of tea. I really like I love it, mm-hmm. but like not that type. Like as you not said, the best. Yeah, exactly. They're not the technical side. So I think that's that's why I got into design. You know, why mm-hmm. So yeah, that's. But you're still, and at the moment you're still like doing. You're still like learning UX on the side. Yeah. Meanwhile, being in university and continuing to code and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I think a lot yeah. of in I think I have met a lot of people in just design industry who have just transitioned from engineering to like in design. And I think that's mm-hmm. the only reason that they when they are in the university, they kind of understand that 
there is a difference between uh, like a programming which is more technical and mm. programming which is more creative and how you can be more expressive in that creative program that's the whole mm-hmm. thing. absolutely and and even like it's pretty cool because on linkedin uh i found another uh, web developer uh which also uses webflow and we decided to make a video on youtube which is like it's on on the youtube channel of the favorite design and you can go check it out it's basically um a developer versus a designer, which is me. And we basically kind of proved that if you give an hour to the web developer and you give an hour to a designer, it's like, it's going to be completely different results. It's like he focused on technical stuff, like adapting for the for people with disabilities or, or basically making sure like there is an integration somewhere. And me, the designer, made sure it just looks extremely beautiful. It, it's, it's a high conversion rate. Um, layout that drives, you know, for call to action, and it's just so different. And uh, yes, yeah, so people just think like, oh, you can, you know, you can just develop the website. Whereas, like, I'm not a designer; I'm a developer. Or sometimes it's the opposite way. And it's interesting to notice that, you know, it's actually a thing that it's completely different professions. Exactly. I think a lot of people are now getting to know that. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think it was in the starting only like a lot of big companies only used to have uh, like different roles of designers and developers mm-hmm. at, at a very yeah. like I think 10 20 years ago there were only two there were only big companies who had that difference but nowadays yeah. even startups are having that difference because they know the mm-hmm. importance of a designer as you said the designer yeah. can only yes. make your website more I think more sellable or more uh, mm-hmm. have, having more conversion rate and I think that's important yeah okay exactly I think towards the next question, I really want to ask about like, how did you get your first design lo- job and what was it? My first design job, again, I was desperate. I didn't know how to find a client. And uh, uh, luckily it was just in my network. I, I think at that time it was um, um, my mom's colleague. She, he uh, he knew a guy who basically owned uh, uh, vaping shops in Montreal, where I live, in the city where I live. And um, he owned like five stores, like vaping stores. But at the time, I'm like, like you know, I'm I'm extremely healthy. I'm like I'm extremely healthy person. I don't support necessarily vaping and stuff like this. But I'm like, it's gonna be my first client, you know. I should, I should, I should say yes, you know. And and I basically went to their office, and I and they, I was extremely stressed. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know what to say. I, um, and I had to prove that I know my my, you know, I know my shit. <laughs> so I just went to their office, and uh, I just. Show them like, look, you you are actually you know you you don't uh, you don't have it figured out like you have you don't have a Google My Business you don't have a this your website is like there is no call to action whatever and then and they're like okay sure let's uh, let's uh, let's redo our website and uh, and let's continue from there and I also did the SEO for them because when you start you know you you can't really stay that specific. Because you like people tell you, yeah, you have to have your specific thing that you do. Uh, maybe you do WordPress to Webflow migrations. Do only this. But when you start out, like you, even though you know that that's what you have to do, you're not gonna do it. You're gonna always accept something else, even though you don't know how to do it, like SEO. You know how to do it. You're gonna accept it, and you're gonna figure it out. And uh, that's pretty much what I did. I figured out how to do SEO just with this client. And it went extremely well. They're all of their five stores. They got a boost of traffic, and it was very nice. Again, 
uh, the management was interesting. It's not what I expected. It was it was a, a fun ride. But then after a few years, it uh, because of COVID, unfortunately, a lot of the stores had to close. Um, and uh, then yeah, but uh, I kept that client for a while. Uh, but obviously, just after like after like three months of having that client, I uh, managed to uh, go like even further in the network of that uh, client, and he referred me to more and more people. And that's how I started. That's interesting. I think that's where that's everyone how they should start. They should kind of ex- they should kind of explore the job that they have got and like mm-hmm. be the best, like make the best out of it, and then eventually everything comes along. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think the next question I want to ask about, like uh, I, that you that you have done a bit about bit into freelancing and a bit into job as well, right? So I want to ask. So yeah, I haven't uh, been, yeah. yeah, I haven't been at like a job job. Mm-hmm. I've been always considered as a freelancer, mm-hmm. um, because as a the reason why I wasn't as a job job because I didn't have any certification in design, and uh, at that time, at eighteen years old, I'm, I was like. Like, uh, who's going to hire me? Everyone, like, asks for, you know, like, I want a diploma, blah, blah, blah. But then I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a freelancer. And the way I'm going to get a job is by literally showcasing my portfolio. And honestly, these days, a portfolio works way better than a stupid certificate. Um, And uh, the thing is, like, yeah, like, big companies, sometimes they ask for it. But less and less. Honestly, in my experience, um, I'm working with a company it's a 3d animation company and they they work in uh, uh in quebec in the city of quebec and they they didn't even bother nothing saying nothing like oh do you have diploma nothing they just saw the portfolio they're like like you're good and then they're like they ask questions how can we improve um for example this and uh and i basically was like okay so in two days i'm gonna redo a meeting and i'm gonna tell you what's what i think is wrong what we can improve and basically uh in after those two days i basically said so look we can improve this this doesn't work we can improve this this can be better and he's like you know what um other people that analyze my website like people i paid the, to analyze my website they said the same thing and i it looks like you know your stuff so I, I prefer you to do the redesign of our website. So, like sometimes it's extremely simple um, with the way you like you find clients. Like it's really your portfolio that is driving pretty much your success at the moment. Mm. I think I think that's the whole process because how you sell yourself as a freelancer, how you sell your work, and that's mm-hmm. and how you pitch pitch your work to the client. That's also very important in this mm-hmm. freelance journey. Uh, I think now I really want to go into the present because I know it's all connected to where you are, the favorite design. I want to know, mm-hmm. uh, just for the audience, what is it, uh, what you do, and how really it got started. That's the whole thing. So when I tr- tried to pr- transition from freelancer to agency, I really wanted like to have a certain personality behind the the, the favorite design. I just, I just saw a lot of videos from Chris Doe, The Future. Mm-hmm. And um, he always says, like, like, you can't just be a company that just have a ton of services. And, like, what's the point? You're just, you know, like those websites where you go on the website and they have services. You click on the services and they say web development, web design, video animation, 
like 3D animation, video production, motion design. Like they do everything, everything, everything in the world they can do. And then at one point you're like, okay, so those guys seem like they know they can do everything. But then you go on another website and they only do one thing. And then you can see, you can and you can feel the professionalism because they do one thing. They're specialized. And that's what I wanted to do. I was like, I don't want to be like, okay, I do this, 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 and I can do anything you want. You want the video production? I can do that for you. And if I would do that, everything would be okay quality. But I'm like, I want great quality, especially that I would need to hire people to make uh, those web designs and web development. And I needed to have a process in place. How can I have a process in place if I have 35 products? You know, it, it's not possible when you're a startup. You need to have, you know, one or maybe two maximum. And um, so I really planned out to basically just offer Webflow, uh, Webflow websites for tech companies. Reason why tech companies is that with all the companies I worked with, marketing companies, coaches, uh, 3D animation, I really like tech companies the most. And I put 3D animation in tech companies uh, in that category. And the reason why tech companies are so fun to work with, it's because they always have a creative solution to a problem, which is so hard to explain um, to normal people. And people that are not nerds, that are not tech people, they don't understand a lot of the terms you're using, they don't understand your language, they don't understand the purpose of your product. But if you're able to explain them with the language that those users are using, what's the benefits of the product? What can you even, what can you get out of this product? If you're able to do that, then your conversion rate is gonna go extremely high. And that's what I like to do. So. I like to discuss with those companies and ask them a lot of questions and to, just to make sure it's as clear as possible. And this is something I really love to do. And I love like having this discussion. It's just fun. I think it's just like they discover more about their product. I discover more about their product. And then I'm like, okay, so look, now we're going to structure it this way. And we're going to make a, a website that basically doesn't overwhelm the user uh, with a ton of information. We give them what only they need to hear so that they want to contact you. That's it. So I wanted my company to focus on clarity. Clarity, clarity, clarity. So I wanted to design to design websites that were extremely clear, simple in terms of the way they talk with the with the user. And then I wanted to add a little bit of my personal spark, which is 3D animation. So a lot of so depending of the website of the company, not everyone needs 3D in their websites because, you know, it's like if you're an accountant, you need a 3D, uh, you know, websites with some elements 3D. Not really. Maybe. Maybe if your personality as an accountant or as a lawyer, maybe, maybe we can add some 3D. But it really depends on the website. So some websites, there is no need for 3D. But uh, when there is a need, um, I start incorporating more and more 3D into the websites. Like I did a website for a marketing company and uh, it was a very great website. It's, it's a really good website where I'm like, I have to put some 3D elements in there. And, and the, the, the clients loved it. Their, their clients love it. They're like, we, you, you were 
you were different from everyone else because of the design of the website. And, and this is what I love to do. And that's what I said. When I'm going to create the favorite design, I'm going to make sure that we focus on clarity and we incorporate 3D into the website. And that's what I want to be known for. And at the moment, um, even I'm trying to find another way of incorporating 3D into websites. So now we're learning how to incorporate 3GS. Have you heard of 3GS? No, not exactly. No? So 3GS, it's a, it's a programming language that allows you to, to render in the browser. Okay. So you can go on 3GS. So three, like, uh, like the number three, but uh, spelled out. Um, and then .gs. And basically, you can find the, their website where you can see a lot of portfolios done by amazing creators. And it's really big experiences. And it's so beautiful. And it's like stories. And it's, it's something companies are willing to pay so much for. And um, now what I'm learning is to incorporate 3GS with Webflow. So this is another step that is very exciting. Uh, this is something very exciting that's coming. Yeah. Hmm, that's something new right now. So I think that that's... Yeah, you should definitely check it out. It's so cool. Honestly, like as soon as I discovered it, I'm like... So just a little more about the process, how I incorporate usually 3D uh, is that usually... Um, sometimes it depends of what 3D element we need to create. Uh, but most of the time I work with my colleague to, he makes the 3D. He is even more professional <laughs> with that. And he creates a 3D and then the 3D animation, we take it, we export it into Adobe, um, uh, After Effects, which then we convert into a JSON file and that JSON file we put it on the website and then it's it's a 3D element that is able to be animated on scroll when you scroll or you can basically do whatever you want with it. However, there is limitations. If you put a lot of JSON files on your website, your website is going to take 30 seconds to load. So there is a lot of problems. With 3GS, however, you don't have those problems. You could if it's not optimized, but if you optimize properly, you will not have performance issues. So this is something very interesting to check out, and I really suggest you to check it out. It's amazing. That's something great. I think if I get some link, I will just drop down in the description as well for this podcast. Oh yeah, definitely. Perfect. Uh, I think I just want to ask a little more towards uh, your journey. Like you are a design planner, what we call it nowadays. So I want to ask, how do you think it's like? Like, why did you choose this? Not job not a job not a proper nine to five job like it's more stable i know mm -hmm. uh, so why did you choose this why did you choose the path of a design partner uh, when i started at 18 years old i really didn't see a like a, a job as a as an actual way of making like real money it's like i felt like it was uh i was like yeah you you it's like you start and you get the money and after a year, you're like, oh, I made 60000 or whatever the amount you make. When you start out as a freelancer, you make nothing. So which makes feel like other all your friends are basically in advance in life. And then you feel so bad because you're like, oh, my God, I should have found a job because now all my friends are in advance. They're making 60000 a year. Me, I'm here starting out as a freelancer making $0 or like 1000 bucks a month. And you feel bad about yourself. But 
what was cool is that I like the fact that it was like different projects that you work at the same time. You, you're working, um, you're finding your own clients. You're at the same time working on your brand. You're making videos. You're making. You're trying to make yourself discovered. You're, you're basically trying to unfuck yourself. Mm. So, and this is I, th I thought very. I liked I like the rush. I like that it's like more a little bit more hustle. Mm. Um and uh, I just like I don't know, there's something I, I liked about it. And uh at one point I like there was like there's just a big opportunity in because imagine in twenty years where you're gonna be looking back, you're like, Oh, I should have tried that design thing. And uh I don't I just don't wanna be regretting in twenty years that I didn't try it. Like I want to try it, and I want to uh, now that I have the capacity of trying it and doing my best at it. I'm just willing to try it, and you know, try to do my freaking best. And uh, it, this is just something I don't want to regret later. Mm, I think you are doing great, man. And I think that that's no, how all design partners should go forward with. Like, it's more about yourself. It's more about like I for me as well. So I'm getting my hands in a lot of things because i want to explore first because i'm like i'm just mm -hmm. in college so i can explore so and design and this hustle thing is something that i can a lot of people should know and that sometimes a lot of people love to hustle and that's what they should take forward because that's mm -hmm. how life is i'm saying that you are doing great man so uh kudos to you uh, yeah and, and it's it's like imagine so many things you learn in the journey when you exactly. are freelancing and when you launch your own company Compared to a journey where you you found a job and some people don't, don't even like their first job because they like it's not even there they didn't they they find out like for example like you you found out that like you know what I'm not that technical I like designing and some people they quit university and they go to another major right but it's just so expensive at the at the end of the day um, some people they I know I know people they're still in college. Uh, because in the way it works in Quebec is that we have high school, then we have a thing it's called CJEP, which is two to three years, then it's university. Mm. So CJEP is like school, a community college, right? Kinda, yeah, it's pretty much that. It's pretty much that, and uh, it's mandatory. You have to do it. Oh, nice. And uh, and yeah, and I still don't know people. They are still stuck in there because they they changed five times their programs and they they can't find what they want. And I, I think the best bet for that is just to try on your own, freelancing, trying different things. And it's just the best bet. And um, and I think, again, com coming back uh, to, to the fact that I liked the fact that you're trying to make, like, you're trying to unfuck yourself. And the benefits are way bigger because you're at a bigger risk. So, like, the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward, you know? And uh, I just... Anyways, I'm like, if I can't find a, I can find, I, I can't, but let's say I can't succeed at the moment. I'm like, okay, I need a job with all this portfolio built for the last five years. It's going to get me an amazing job. Yeah. Like, so I can find a job whatever, when, whenever I want, but it's just, it's like a safe bet. And should I play safe now? Not really. I'm like 21. Why would I? It's like, no, nah. it's like, unless your parents are very intense, which sometimes they are, you know? And uh, that that might be a problem for certain people, um, yeah. But that's like that's like, like another story. Yeah, but the fact. Uh, I think I want to ask another question. This is from audience demand. 
so mm-hmm. a lot of people wanted to know because you are in this space of like making websites that have a good conversion rate so a lot of people wanted to know few tips uh like that you can give out on how to increase a conversion of a website okay usually like if you go back in the days of like 2018 where uh click funnels was extremely popular um like you can see all of their templates it was always the same layout it was the same layout just with a little different design the layout was the same meaning it was always starting with a video or it was like first first things first it was a headline the other section of video then a little explanation about who is selling this thing like oh the founder of this and that sold sears whatever and then a lot of testimonials and then contact me and buy my course or whatever it was so it's pretty much the same thing it's actually very simple in terms of structure you what you need to do is that first of all you need to communi- communicate extremely sim- like as simple as possible the better so you have to communicate your value proposition in your headline so i made a few videos about it on linkedin where you basically have to make sure that you talk about what your benefit of your product what's the product and also if you operate in a certain area you, you try to all include all of that in one headline try to make it short uh there is one website that did it well they do seo in the us and i think it's called rankings.io so if you have your phone next to you you can go google it and it's um they do seo and they do seo for lawyers and they have this beautiful headline that you would just try to imitate let me just uh, like actually read it to you uh so that maybe if you don't have your phone next to you uh so basically the headline is like this we help elite sorry we help elite personal injury law firms dominate first page rankings so it's extremely simple so we help elite personal injury law firms so that's their target audience dominate first page rankings like you know right away what they do and then you're right away ready to click let's talk you know let's book a call that's what you want to try to do that's your first section second section best thing ever you make a video explaining your product that's the best thing you can do uh if not you can start already mentioning your services so start mentioning your services what do you do um and you want of course a little short description of your services that will then redirect the person to the per- service page uh after that i would write the way if you have more services uh or then mention it there uh if you have an explanation if you have a process put it after your services and explain your process what why is your process special um and also make sure that the process the reason why you want to add the process is to reassure the client that like we know how to do it and the way we do it is like this and every single time it's like this if you have a special case na 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 even your special case we can do it this way so again the headline uh then the video or just the description of your services your services then you can add the process and then you you should already add the, all the testimonials you have um you can add one or two uh and then redirect them to a page only with your testimonials 
for people that have websites that do websites like us, um, I would suggest if you are if you have a for example if you have a portfolio for yourself, I would suggest making the title and then right away start putting your portfolio like all of your stuff you did. There is no right blueprint, but it's just that you want to showcase. If you are a freelancer, let try to think why would people come on my website to check out my work, right? So put your work as further as uh, like as first on the page as you can. So for example, if you are a lawyer, like those guys, for example, you you just want the results. You want people coming through the door. Those guys they put an amazing headline. They put just the 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 benchmarks they are read. They are able to bring to you. So we're able to increase 400% this, 300% this, then a video. By the by the time people scroll to scroll to the second section, they're sold. So you just have to make sure that it's able to adapt to what you need. So again, freelancer, display your work first thing first. Um, and just make sure you have the same structure, well, not the same, because again, you can vary it and you don't want to have always the same thing because it becomes boring. Uh, but yeah, so it's headline, talk about your services, um, talk about your, pro uh, about your process, testimonials, and again, try to include call to actions in there. So maybe at every single section, you should have one call to action. Um, but again, it depends because sometimes too many call to actions can be too much and uh, it can be at, at like too spammy but pretty much the, the the layout you would have of your page but yeah but again it, it can be very different and that's why designers we're we're able to, to basically decide okay do we need a call to action here this is something developers don't do they develop they don't think about it they have to make sure they they assemble all of this and it works designers have to make sure to think how is the user going to browse the page? Where is he going to be looking? So again, this is something, uh, this is very flexible. A layout is always flexible. You can play around with it in a way that, uh, you know, it breaks the rules. Interesting. I think this is all a lot of people will get a lot of help out of this. Uh, so there are two left questions that I want to ask. Uh, so first is something which is like beyond design. I just want to ask, like, <clears throat> I know that everyone knows now that you have the favorite design, you did a lot of stuff, but I want to ask, who are you outside design? Like, what do you do beside design? What I do outside design, I do a lot, a lot of content creation. Mm -hmm. So I am trying to think uh, a lot about uh, what do I do for LinkedIn? What's the next platform I'm going to attack? Um, I, am, I started the, the YouTube journey about four months ago. I actually created a TikTok last week where I started posting stuff. So it's really, I'm thinking about content. How can I create fun content and content that is fun for me to do? Um, and also at one point, I, I, I like it was a few months ago where I had to also think about, okay, I cannot create the content by myself. I need help. So I had to hire a, a video editor. So it was, you know, I'm trying to expand and think of how can I, all the budget, all the money I make from clients, how can I play around with it to make sure it's I'm more productive? Uh, I'm always thinking about it, always. I sleep, I, I think about it. And uh, other than that, like just to get my head out of it, I just do a lot of sports sometimes. 
uh, it's the best. Sometimes it's the best thing I can do to just kind of forget a little bit of the sometimes I would say the stress or the you know sometimes like um, the, the intensity of work. Uh, but yeah, sports help a lot. I, I do a lot of boxing, tennis. Yeah. Sounds interesting, man. I think we usually ask this because a person is not just about its profession; it's more about mm-hmm. who is, right? Mm-hmm. So absolutely the journey is all over absolutely and one more thing i always learn i always learn i always read i listen to books i listen to books on audible a lot a lot of podcasts i um i for example now uh i'm learning more about the 3gs mm. there is always constant learning i'm trying to always learn something and i try to not overlearn and you're yeah. like what the fuck how can you overlearn <laughs> sometimes but it's it, you know it's it like because you you know it so like you probably you know what it means like yeah. when you overlearn it's 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 like you try to it's like you know you know like when Ty Lopez was like you have to read three hundred fifty books a year and it's like I'm like and before I I thought I should I should read three hundred fifty books a year and I tried but at one point I'm like wait I'm so confused which book is it from exactly what did i understand why did i am i i'm mixing up stuff i'm like wait what i'm like what's happening so i had to come down because you don't have enough time to process all this information you have to learn about it and then you have to try to execute it then it kind of stays with you right exactly and uh, same thing with for example 3gs i would imagine if i would learn and then i would be like okay good and then uh, i go right away to another lesson for another programming language like it would never work so i'm trying to stay uh like you know keep it to, to one book a month one class a month i uh, try to still not ex- over exaggerate with learning but that's pretty much what i do uh yeah that's pretty much it that's interesting uh the last question i really want to ask uh so this is just a general one uh what so from your whole journey you have been through a lot so i want to ask what would be a one piece of advice that you can give out to the audience who will be listening or watching wherever uh, yeah. that they can take away from the whole podcast. Um, okay, this one is tough. Yeah. Okay, I should have prepared for this one way better. Um, but one thing I'm experiencing right now is like, um, for example, during the, the COVID, like last month and the month before, that was the time where the rules got relaxed. So the government was like, okay, we, some rules are going to go. And this way you at least could see your friends. You could at least start going to the bar. Some people started going to the clubs. And at that time, the business was dead. No one, no one wanted to work. (laughs) It was like, if, you know, I don't know, like some, everyone just like died off. On LinkedIn, people responded one month later, um, and I just thought, like, oh my god, this is. I at that time I didn't know it was because of that uh, release of rules. I thought it was actually something is wrong with me, something is wrong with the company. Uh, maybe I said something wrong in my video. I I just got so scared. I'm like, why am not am I not getting the same amount of leads as usual? Hmm. I got so scared. But then I talk with uh, another freelancer and I'm like, is it the same for you? She's like, yes. And she and she's way more experienced. She, she's been 
in the business for way longer. She has even more clients. And uh, and she was like, yes, same thing. I'm like, okay, so I'm not alone. So I got reassured. And at those points, like you really want to quit. And all those, all those friends that are now working and that are making 60,000, 70,000 a year, you're actually making, like you're talking to yourself and you're saying, oh my God, they're actually right. Like, look, what happens it's if it's the same month like this where I don't get, I get like one lead. What if this happens for like for the next three months? What am I going to do? How am I going to survive? And it's just, it's like, even though if it's not true, you know that it's just for one month, but because like, it's just fucking with your mind and you're just starting believing all that bullshit that you're inventing. And it's like YouTubers, for example, YouTubers that have a million subscribers. I've heard them talk that their biggest fear is that one day they wake up and no one watches their video. Mm. It's the same fear. It's like the fear of like, like, yeah, I've built already something and I'm and like your head is just thinking, I'm going to just lose everything. Mm. And this fear comes up a lot. And uh, I just, you just have to like, like push yourself like always a little push yourself, push yourself. And, uh, or sometimes you think like, like, like this is done. I, there is no point for me. I just know already how to do websites. What's next? Try to learn something else. Like always try to advance a little bit. And, uh, you always find up like those opportunities. They come out of nowhere. There's no explanations from where they come from, but they just come out of nowhere. Like just be patient and wait for them. Or not like wait, like you know, like on the chair, wait for them, you know. Like try to actually do like do a lot of effort to try to find those opportunities. Uh if you are just starting out, call your friends, uh, say maybe do you know a restaurant I can do a website for? Can I talk with someone? Just you know, do as much effort as you can and uh just try not to quit. Try not to quit because always there is an opportunity coming and uh it's just saving your life, you know, at the last second. So yeah, that. So don't don't quit, no matter how hard it gets. But if you discover that, for example, oh, you know what? Actually, I stop. I I, I start to like less and less what I do. You have to then figure out if it maybe you actually don't like it anymore. Then don't be scared to quit. You know, it like it depends. At that point, it's like maybe it becomes more of um, a self awareness. At that point, it's like maybe you actually don't like to do it. Maybe you discovered. Like you discovered with university that I'm not technical. And imagine if you had already a business where you are doing programming for clients and then you discover, okay, I'm not technical. Then it's harder to quit. But, uh, you know, you have to figure this out like as soon as you can. Um, And you're always going to figure out stuff like this. You know, you're always going to be like, oh, you know what? Maybe all this time when I was so good in math, maybe I'm not. (laughs) Like maybe I'm just forcing myself and uh yeah so just try not to quit these are interesting man i think uh so we are almost at the end of the podcast but i really want to say that like i personally got a lot of things from this podcast and whosoever would be listening or watching would get a lot of things uh so yeah i think uh that's that's come to the thank you note thank you thanks max for coming in no, it's a pleasure yeah and uh, thanks for everyone for watching and listening this till the end if you are over here and also uh, i will link down max socials in the description box below you guys can reach out to him nice guy he knows a lot of stuff so definitely and uh, thank you so much uh, see you next time.